Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, you know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the Steelers Fix. I'm Jeremy Betts, joined as always by Andrew Wilbar. We're going to talk some NFC tier rankings following up with last week's AFC rankings of the same sort. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Andrew, we've had some big news this week, and uh, we're going to get to that in a second. But first, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Never a dull moment in the NFL. Never a dull moment, especially uh, this offseason. If you are a fan of the black and gold, the Pittsburgh Steelers have made a decision. They have gone through the candidates. It's been a well-documented interview process for the next general manager of the team. And uh, it seems like the Steelers have kind of decided to give this a committee-type approach. Uh, hiring for the title of GM was, was um, announced early in the week, and the Steelers had decided to select their next general manager, Khan, obviously with the team for, I believe, 21 years now. So a lot of experience in the organization he is going to be titled general manager, but the Steelers not stopping there, bringing in from the Philadelphia Eagles, I believe their uh, their VP of player personnel or VP of personnel, something along those lines was his title over there. Be the assistant general manager. 
He was here he in was, Pittsburgh. Ideally, he was pretty much Howie Roseman's go-to guy in the front office, the right-hand man. Absolutely, and I think that's what he's going to be here too. Andrew, how how are you feeling about this? These two hires, and how do you think this uh, this uh, co-op is going to work in uh, 2022-2023? Well, I don't really feel like going on a rant. Well, I do, but I'm not going to <laughs> after all the stuff over the past month with the draft um negative press andrew is is going crazy for you you got to get some positive stuff i know somebody's got to talk me away from the (laughs) ledge right now um (laughs) i've been flat out honest of the six finalists for the general manager spot omar khan was my least favorite because his lack of experience in scouting i'm not undermining the fact that he has done a good job fitting difficult salaries under the cap. And the Steelers have obviously not always had a bunch of room to work with to bring in additional players. Uh, he's done well at his craft. However, mm-hmm. it does you absolutely no good <laughs> to know how to run the salary cap, which by the way, for the <laughs> most part is straightforward math math now i understand that there's more to it and there's contract negotiations dealing with stuff like that that is more important but in terms of actually running the salary cap once you understand how it works it's straightforward math if you can get an a in math class in terms of running the cap you should be able to handle it contract negotiations is another thing but either way sure he doesn't have much experience in scouting you to be able to pay the talent you got to be able to find it first now i know they brought in andy weedle We'll see if he, I mean, obviously Colbert, he had Colbert's uh, recommendation. I believe he was the person that Colbert kind of recommended uh, the Steelers to look at during the process. And I'm, I'll give him a chance. But if you look at, you know, the Eagles, the personnel decisions over the past five or so years, it's been a little up and down. Um, and a lot of that may just be Howie Roseman. I don't know how much of a say he had, how he's a different guy. The one hope I do have, and then I'd like to get your thoughts on this too, is being an analytics mm-hmm. guy that Khan, I'm sure, is being a numbers guy. Will he be more willing to move back knowing that if you just look at using trade value charts, whatever you want, generally the teams that get the most value out of trades are the teams that trade back rather than just staying pat. My hope is that he will be... A, someone who's more willing to trade back and be a little bit more aggressive mm-hmm. in that way and sure. be able to accumulate more picks. And then I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll give Weedle a chance. I don't know enough about him and not, I, not knowing the, what his exact role was and what decisions he made, but I'm just curious. I mean, that would win me over if the Steelers in the 2023 NFL draft, they trade back in the first round and get a boatload of picks. I will give Khan a true chance, but what, what do you, do you think that's a possibility? Do you agree with me when I'm saying, you know, is there something I'm missing with just the salary cap aspect? I just don't understand why you would go after a guy who can run the cap over guys who may have had success in the scouting department. Yeah. So I, it was a little puzzling to me why he became the choice as general manager. Um, Cause the, the Steelers have placed such a high priority on just being able to build through the draft that their, their personnel department uh, and their scouting department is, is a huge part of that. And and the biggest reason for their success outside of coaches actually turning those players into uh, superstars on the field. And 
and the players obviously being being good as well. But uh, the scouting department um, getting to know these guys and and showing the front office just how important they are. If if Khan has his hand in it outside of the mathematics and the uh, financial aspects of it, uh, then I do think you'll see a little bit of a of a change in philosophy. Maybe not right away, but maybe down the road. I think he's going to be a little more analytical in approach. You see a lot of teams going um, down the analytics road, even heavier than others. The the Baltimore Ravens, the uh, San Francisco 49ers, um, the, the Los Angeles Rams. A lot of these teams are very analytics focused. I think you could throw the Cleveland Browns in there too. Maybe the Steelers are trying to take with the hiring of Khan, but I think the the kicker here is that they brought in Weedle. They knew they were going to need help in this personnel department, and I I don't know necessarily how heavy the Weedle hand was in the last couple drafts for the Eagles, but bringing in some good talent, um, I think the most uh, the worst decision probably. Uh, as a part of that staff for, for Weedle and company was bringing in uh, Jalen Ray, uh, other guys that were available, um, like even Justin Jefferson, uh, who has become a superstar in the league and Rager has hardly seen the field in any type of starting role. Um, but other than that, a lot of solid drafts from the Eagles and, and you see a lot of, or you don't see a lot of hesitancy in, in making trades and and moving around the draft and doing what's necessary to get the guys that you want or to accrue more picks to become, or to, to add more to your roster on any given year. So I think you will see a little bit of a philosophy shift. I'm not as, as down on it maybe as, as you, uh, as you're thinking uh, as far as the con perspective, because he obviously is a, is a guy that is heavily, um, uh, respected, I guess, for what he does uh, at on with the salary cap, and there's a lot of teams that have salary cap issues um, that the Steelers seem to never really have. Um, so I'm excited to see how it goes, but it is it was a little puzzling at first light to the selection um, for the general manager position. But I do think that the course of the team over the next few years, we'll, we'll see a little bit of a shift in dynamic as far as, as how this team uh, evaluates or values their draft picks and, and trading up, trading back, staying put. Well, see, here's the thing, because I know you'd mentioned the 49ers um, and the Ravens as analytical teams, and that is true to an extent. But at the same time, their general manager, John Lynch, obviously with the 49ers, football experience. Eric Dacosca has experience, had some experience um, under, he was, he had kind of been groomed as the replacement to um, Ozzie Newsom, but had experience um, in terms of some scouting, you know, scouting players. He had connections inside the league, uh, be able to get good information. Um, and I'm not saying necessarily Khan doesn't, doesn't completely, but the, the, his sure. track record doesn't give us any confidence that he can uh, evaluate players. Cause we, really don't know. And that's not going to be his role, obviously with Weedle coming in. I think right. the biggest thing is with him being with the team, as long as he has, 
Mm-hmm. Is he has Colbert rubbed off on him too much? And I know a lot of people are higher on Colbert than I am. I'm I've never been a big Colbert fan. I've always I mean, even back to the, his days in Detroit. I mean, you could make the argument he is resume was not credible enough for the job. Obviously, he did a good job for many years, but towards the end of his career, there were some questionable decisions that were made personnel-wise. And my concern is that even being an analytics guy and being able to see that the value generally comes by trading back and you know making decisions like that on draft night, Colbert's consistently conservative approach, I'm afraid, may rub off on con because he's been with him so long. And let's not forget that Colbert is hanging around in the front office mm-hmm. and will probably still have a say in a lot of the decisions. Yeah. I don't know if, if Colbert will actually have a say in who they bring in as far as players go, but he'll, he'll give insight into the, how the scouts do their jobs and uh, maybe even organizing that type of thing. But I, I think the Steelers will have, We'll, we'll let Khan and, and Weedle do, do their job. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, the, my concerns rest with, with can, can Khan come over to the personnel side of things and make smart decisions and also show a, a little bit more of a, of an ability to, to read the, the draft um, and, and swing the trades necessary to get yourself in better position, whether that be up or back. Uh, Colbert's Colbert's affinity for staying put um, has worked in a lot of cases. It's also um, been disappointing, maybe as fans at some t- points as well. But you know, I, I guess I, I would pose this question: it, Do you do you feel like some some of the Steelers' recent? Um, mediocrity they've been good but they haven't gone they haven't been able to push over to the edge to that next level to be a a true contender especially once they get to the playoffs do you think a lot of that has to do with the conservative approach that has been uh part of the Steelers offseason procedures for the last few years I really do and it's not just in the draft I mean when you eat there have been so many years and this is really the conservative approach in football not generally in other aspects but in the game of football the conservative way is the exact opposite of what we generally think. And this is pushing more money into the future Mm -hmm. just to be able to keep kind of what you have and not be over aggressive in, you know, signing a big talent. I think the biggest issue, and that's the issue I've had with Omar Khan running the cab. I don't know if this was Colbert's decision and he just told Khan to, you know, do the math, you know, figure all this out, figure out the contract negotiations. But Mm -hmm. the years that the Steelers wanted to win there were several years they were up against the cap. They ended up pushing money into the future just to get under the cap when what they could have really done players that were in some instances a little bit past their prime probably could have either been released mm-hmm. or um, they could have been extended in a different way. Maybe had one year where um, some of the money was pushed forward when they had the opportunity to push some money forward um, and get that off the books for future years. But they kept on pushing it and pushing it back. So every single year, it seemed like we were always up against the cap. If they would have just chosen mm-hmm. one off season, just one to be able to eat some of those major cap hits that would have opened up more room for them to go after high priority free agents in a different year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we, we've seen how it goes. People call it tanking, but it's not tanking. You're tanking is having the talent to win and not doing it. Tr- being smart with your team is if you don't think you have the talent enough talent to get over the hump, 
then you renegotiate things, try to get some big contracts off your books. You still try to win with what you have, but if you don't, you're picking higher the next year and you'll have more money to work with. We've seen the 49ers. They had to hit rock bottom before they got to the top and they've been contenders the past couple of years. The Bengals, they were at rock bottom. They've been at rock bottom for more than a couple of years. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't so know if they, the average it, Steeler fan is going to love that comparison. Yeah. The Bengals is uh, <laughs> throw the Bengals comparison out. Cause that's, um, that's not yeah. a good one. Uh, but in the modern day NFL, when, especially with the amount of money that rookie quarterbacks are getting, I mean, the amount of money that we're now seeing uh, wide receivers gain on their second contracts, you have a limited window to win and it's almost, you have to go all in, even maybe further all in than what you think you need to, to win. It's easy for a general manager to say that I think we have the talent to win when all the players that are on this team, I drafted. So I obviously liked the players that were on my Mm -hmm. team more than anybody else. So I'm more confident in this team than anybody else. So for me personally, knowing that my, intuition is not going to be 100%. I need to bring in more talent than what I really think we need to, to win. And then hopefully that will get us to the point we want to go to. There were several years. The Steelers could have freed up money by either releasing someone the previous year that would have allowed them to mm-hmm. create more money and bring in a prize free agent. I'm thinking of positions even back um, in 2017, 2018, around the time after Ryan Shazier went down linebacker position was horrible until the Steelers got Devin Bush. I mean, it was awful. You think right. Devin Bush struggled. Go back to when we had Sean Spence playing. I mean, it was yeah. bad. and Less than serviceable. Yeah, absolutely. And John Bostic, guys like that. And then yeah. corners, you know, Cody Sensabaugh, uh, Antoine Blake. Uh, I mean, going down the list of guys, the, the Steelers had opportunities. They could have brought in a free agent that would have been ser- not just serviceable, but would have been it able to play it near an elite level and probably would have put the defense over the top when they needed that most. Cause other than those positions, mm-hmm. they had teams that could have won a championship. Most of Colbert's teams over the past decade, he got them to a point where they were only one or two pieces short. The issue is that he never had the ability, whether it be because of the cap or just because of not being willing to be aggressive enough, he didn't go all in enough. The steer, we saw the steers make some moves, but it wasn't enough to get over that hump to be a true championship team. And that's yeah. the big issue. And we're looking at the same thing right now where, well, the Steelers rosters, they're completing it. They brought in a bunch of these free agents, Miles Jack. They brought in all these guys to fill holes, but they don't have, they still, we've talked about lacking a number one corner. It's not necessarily a necessity, but it would be good to have if you want to get over the hump. I don't expect the Steelers to be Super Bowl contenders this year. And we, nobody's mm-hmm. expecting that with a rookie quarterback and Mitch Trubisky. But the team is trending upward, I think, even though Ben Roethlisberger's off the scene now. But wh- at what point are the Steelers going to say, okay, we need to get some of these older contracts off the books. We're not going to continue to push money into the future and always be strapped up against the cap. We'll take one year where we take a step back, maybe by <laughs> record, but we'll still have talent on the roster that we can build around the following offseason and go all in. That makes more sense, and that's the philosophical issue I've had with the Steelers for years, and that's why I haven't been a big fan of Omar Khan or Kevin Colbert. If we were going to go for someone in-house, I would have done Brandon Hunt because he was more mm. in terms of actual scouting. Part of that. Yeah, part of that uh, personnel decision-making group over the last few years. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I get where you're coming from. I just I don't think that's how the Steelers want to operate. They, they've never done, done it I agree with that, that way. Yeah, they that's not how they want to do it. So, you know, as a as a as a fan of the Steelers, I 
you know, obviously every year that they come out on the field, I want them to be able to put the best team out there that they can so that they can compete for a championship. And the problem has been that the best team that they've been putting that they could put out there based on their cap situation, what, what have you uh, each year has, has not been necessarily Super Bowl quality. You're counting on superior coaching and then a, and a future hall of fame quarterback to put you over the top. And that, can work sometimes, but there's a, a some amount of luck that's involved. And, you know, part of that bad luck is that, um, you know, you don't, you don't live in the same conference as a uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in every era, you know? So the Steelers kind of got shot in the foot by that a little bit too, but I, you know, I, I see where you're coming from, at, from a f- philosophical perspective, you know, you, you, you disagree with how they handle some of those things, but I just don't see them changing it. You know, I see them it's Super Bowl or bust for the Steelers, but it's Super Bowl or bust our way. And our way is we build through the draft. We home grow our talent. We're not going to go spend a bukus of money on. And the, well, the other issue, the other issue with um, that perspective is because the Steelers do not want to be, bad they want to continue to be right. competitive. they don't they want, want to have to, a down year right they want to keep fans in the seats they want to keep them um coming to the games and want to keep it interesting they don't want to even be in the conversation of quote-unquote tanking which i disagree with the definition but we can discuss that some other show it's just yeah th- yeah well yeah they're they're never going to pull well under the current reg- regime which is changing a little bit obviously we're seeing that um they they're going they're going to draft like they do. They're going to fill holes like they do in free agency. That's just kind of how I've been seeing it, it happen. And it seems like these moves kind of point towards that being a similar uh, thought process. Although the people in place in the personnel department now, um, speaking specifically of Andy Weedle, his, his resume speaks to a willingness to, change the status quo a little bit and be a little more modern in approach when it comes to player acquiring and things of that nature. You know, that was a, a good discussion. I think it's, it's interesting to see different perspectives on it because you're going to get a lot of fans that come back and, and say, well, we just trust the team to, to make the right decisions. You're going to get a lot of fans who say, well, why don't we spend more money and, and get these players and try to get ourselves over the top. And so it's kind of divided on that. What I want to see is just that the Steelers commit to being the best that they can and that they try to figure something out here at quarterback to get a guy in place that is going to make them competitive and uh, ride the defense and a, a special running back in Najee Harris um, to success. Let's see if they can do that. And uh, the general manager um, and assistant GM combination uh, hopefully helps produce teams in the in the upcoming years that can fight for a seventh Lombardi Trophy. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will dive into the NFC tiers. Don't go anywhere. The Steelers fix. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to the Steelers Fix. Andrew and Jeremy back with you again. We're going to talk some NFC tiers now. We're going to rank these teams into tiers, same tiers as we did for the AFC. Uh, We're going to go a little quicker on the NFC side. Obviously, the Steelers are not in the NFC, but we're going to focus in on some of the teams from this conference that the Steelers will be playing. Really dive into how or what type of um, of a challenge those teams will be for Pittsburgh in the 2022 season. But uh, Andrew, let's, let's start at the top here. We'll just list our top uh, few teams. Um, I've got three teams in my tier one uh, category, which we we're calling elites. Again, the elites, I've got three teams. I've got the Rams, I've got the Buccaneers and I've got the Packers in that order. Um, I like these three teams as the best, kind of by far in the NFC. Uh, do you have the same same situation in your, in your elites tier? I do, except I have the Packers two and the Buccaneers three. The Buccaneers sure. is, of course, the team that the Steelers play of these three teams. My concern with the Buccaneers is that they did lose both of their guards. They really only found one competent replacement in the draft. So the O-line mm-hmm. might not be quite as good. The defense is pretty much the same unit. And then the publicity stunt quarterback who had to pull a retirement to stay relevant. <laughs> the biggest disgrace in university of Michigan history. <laughs> Spoken like a true Steelers fan. Um, Go blue. And uh, you know, Hey, he was before your time. So, you know, hallelujah. You're not a Tom Brady fan, right? There you go. <laughs> no need to, to fake like you uh, have any type of ties with him. So we'll just put the Tom Brady talk away. Kind of let's talk about the Buccaneers since we both have them up here. I, th- I think they're a top-tier team. I've got them second over the Packers just because I think the, the Packers' uh, loss of, Devon- or of yeah, Devontae Adams is a little bit bigger of a deal. Um, maybe, maybe I'm putting too much stock into that, but I, I think that the Buccaneers might have the all-around better team. And so I just, I just see um, – unless you finally see a step back from Tom Brady – I think the the Buccaneers will be a a really tough out. The Steelers uh, do host the Buccaneers in Pittsburgh. So that's a, that's definitely helpful in this situation. Um, Do you remember what week, what week they. It's not like week five or something, is it? It's somewhere six. It's week six. Week six. Okay. Yeah. It's actually my, uh, my home screen on my phone. So I I shouldn't (laughs) know this by now. (laughs) Uh, Week six. Um, 1 p.m. on Fox against the Buccaneers. What do the Steelers have to look forward to against this Buccaneers team, Andrew? I mean, Tom Brady for one. I mean, I, right? I, that's. I mean, it's gonna be nice to renew a rivalry. Hopefully, it will <laughs> come out the same that it did one of the final times that we played Brady in a Patriots uniform. That game where yes. Joe Hayden had that famous interception and pretty much sealed the deal. 
on the Steelers finally getting over the hump and beating New England. Maybe, just maybe, maybe Mitchell Trubisky and uh, Kenny Pickett, they'll have a little bit more success against New England than New England's quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger ever did. Yeah, that's that's the hope. I think the Steelers will have uh, even a bigger issue guarding all these receivers. Um, it, dish to the open guy, and th- there's a lot of good receivers over there. And uh, the Steelers have a smorgasbord of number two corner cornerbacks on the back end. And so we'll see how they can keep up. But uh, I, I like the how the defensive line matches up for the Steelers uh, against their offensive line with some of those uh, um, losses that you mentioned a little earlier. So I think it'll be a competitive game. Um, I don't I don't foresee it being a blowout either direction. Um, but that'll be a that'll be a fun one for the Steelers early in the season. Uh, let's move on to tier two, our cont- uh, and go ahead and tell me your teams uh, that are in that tier and and why you have them there. Um, I've got the Eagles as contenders. I I thought about putting them even in the elites, believe it or not, Ooh, wow. uh, just because of the moves that they have made in this past draft. Uh, with getting to Kobe Dean in the third round, filling maybe their biggest need at linebacker, yeah. a position they really have not addressed early on in quite some time. And is he then, healthy though? Right. I I think does he, he help them this year? I, I I haven't heard an update on his health as of late. But even if he doesn't contribute immediately at the beginning of the year, I think as the year goes on, he's going to get stronger. Hopefully, mm-hmm. he can add a little bit more weight that'll maybe help his durability some. But they also added Hassan Reddick in free agency, and then they brought in James Bradbury a week ago, which fills yes. that other major void they had opposite Darius Slay. So I just like this team as a whole. Jordan Davis will only make their run defense better. The run defense was already top 10 last year. And then you on the offensive side of the ball, of course, they brought in A.J. Brown to pair with Devontae Smith. So Jalen Hurts has a better supporting cast this upcoming year, and you still have Jalen Rager. We'll see if he can do anything. But I just like their... Uh, what they have around well, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, let's kind of pause here with the Eagles because the Steelers do face off against their in-state rival uh, just two weeks after the Buccaneers game, week eight, right before the bye week, and that is a 1 p.m. game Sunday at on CBS. So a uh, big match uh, in Philadelphia for this one. It's the Steelers, or it's the AFC's year to travel to the extra uh, NFC game. So Steelers versus Eagles. I like what you're saying about that Eagles defense kind of filling those holes. Um, they're going to be a, a good unit. I think, uh, like you said, top, top tier against the run. And what are the Steelers going to try to do this year? They're going to run the, try to run the football, not necessarily a good matchup for the Steelers, uh, from an offensive perspective here. Um, but I do think the Steelers kind of contain mobile quarterbacks has been, a strength of theirs the last few years. And I think that's really the the competence of their edge rushers and just their ability to close, uh, to shrink the, that pocket really quick. Cam Hayward as well, being able to push up the middle. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a dogfight. Every Eagles game feels like it's, it's just a blow by blow slug fest. So I'm excited for that one. Did you have any other thoughts about when the Steelers go to Philadelphia? Not really. It's just always good in-state rivalries. They're always good. Uh, do you want me to go with the fine, the other teams? Because there's one other team in this uh, area of the in this tier that the Steelers also play, and I know we're going to want to discuss. Yeah, go for it. Um, so I've got the Cardinals. Of course, 
not going to spend time on them, but I think they're legitimate contender. You have the Cowboys who okay. continuously underperform, and then you have the 49ers as well. But the team I have above both the Cowboys and the 49ers, so my, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, my sixth highest rated team in the NFC right now is the Carolina Panthers. No, what are you doing? I, I, what, are you, what are you doing? Sam Darnold, get the Sam, Sam Darnold. Darnold. He was three and O last year when Christian McCaffrey was healthy at the beginning of the year. They were playing exactly like we expected. You have Joe Brady coming in, who came in as the offensive coordinator, who, by the way, I don't believe should have ever mm. gotten fired. He obviously yeah, Matt Rule. He he's under a lot of. What's that? I, I don't think he was the problem. He wasn't necessarily the problem, but Christian McCaffrey, when he went down with the injury, that's when their offense fell apart. Their offensive line, we talked about it when Pat Meyer was hired as the offensive line coach for the Steelers. Mm. The Carolina Panthers had the 31st offensive line, 31st rated offensive line in the league last year, only ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Steelers, what did they do? They go out and (laughs) hire the offensive line coach of the person who had the 31st rank. Hey, they're trying to get, they're trying to move one spot better. Well, Here, 30 more years, and then we'll have the best offensive line <laughs> in football, I guess. That's right. I guess so. Yeah. It, it, but not only with that, they brought the, in Austin Corbett, Bradley Bozeman, who are going to be phenomenal on the inside. And then they draft Ike McQuano, who I wasn't sure was going to even be available at six. They got a steal right. there at six. So sure they did. really fixed this offensive line. It's going to be a lot better. It'll still take time to gel, but they're going to be able to protect Sam Darnold a lot better at the beginning of the year than they were able to last year. Plus, not only do you have Christian McCaffrey, they've added other running backs to the mix. You have Rashard Higgins, who's new. Shai Smith, who people forget, he was taken on day three of the draft last year. A lot of mock drafts had him as high as the second round last year. He was one of those surprise guys Mm -hmm. that fell down draft boards. He has talent inside. It was a slot receiver. Terrace Marshall Jr., who people seem to forget, wasn't super productive year one. I wasn't super high on, but still a second round pick with a lot of talent. And then you still have uh, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore on the outside. This guy has got some weapons. He also has Tommy Tremble, uh, I believe, who they brought in last year in the draft. So they've yep. got, he's got the weapons, he's got the supporting cast, and they still have exciting pieces on the defense led by Derek Brown. You also have um, Burns. They have Brian Burns, yep. on the defense. Uh, and um, they brought back Dante ja- Jackson at corner, who's been a big piece of their secondary. I like the way that this team is being built, and I like Matt Rule, and I believe in him as a head coach. He's obviously on the hot seat right now, um, but I believe he's going to prove the doubters wrong this year. He was just mm-hmm. one year ago the hot coaching hire. I believe this is the year that he finally pulls through if Christian McCaffrey and CM Darnold can stay healthy, and that's going to be likely due to whether that offensive line can hold up or not, and I believe it can. Sure. Well, um, if that's how it plays out, the Steelers will have a fight on their hands when they face off against the Panthers in week 15. And uh, that one's in Carolina. I might have a chance to go to that game. We're going to see, because I live in North Carolina, just a couple hours away from the stadium. So uh, potentially a chance to go see the Steelers in live action. I am not near as high on this Carolina Panthers team as you are. I think they're going to be one of, they're going to have a, a top seven draft pick by in uh, 2023. Ooh, no, Top no, seven. no, no, yes, no, no, no. They're going to no. be that bad. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons in their own division are going to be better. Than says, me. says the person who <laughs> stole Sam Darnold from me in the fantasy football draft last year. Just one year yeah, later, okay. he turned on him. 
<laughs> hey, I haven't turned on him from a fantasy perspective, so to speak. But then but, why? What, why are you down on this team? So this this team is not well constructed. I, I think their weapons outside of DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey are less than stellar. Uh, don't even talk to me about Robbie Anderson. The guy, first off, can't stay healthy, and then secondly, he's basically zero impact outside of one catch for 90 yards every third game. And it just, it's not consistent production enough to be anything to, to, to get excited about. And I, I don't know about Matt rule. Uh, I don't know if he has it, especially now they fired Joe Brady, who to me was not the problem at all. Last year, it was, it was injuries. It was just a, it was that offensive line. It really was, but shown us in five years now, four or five years now that he, he can be anything other than a low level starting quarterback. If that on a, on a, a good week. So I just don't feel any warm fuzzies about this uh, Carolina Panthers team. So they're, they're my 14th ranked team in the, in the NFC side. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, just, totally smack dab in the middle of my rebuilders tier that we'll get to here in a little bit. But, uh, so we'll see, uh, we'll see by, by week 15, um, one of us will have been proven right. And we'll address it. Uh, then how's that sound? All I'm going to say is if you draft Sam Darnold again this year, I'm calling out hypocrisy. Okay. (laughs) All right. You got it. You got it. I don't know if I'm going to wait that long to get a quarterback again this year. That was was (laughs) a bold move. (laughs) Okay. So, um, so, just for my tier two guys, I've got Dallas as my uh, fourth best team in the conference. I like them. I think that they, they'll they have a, a decent year this year. I love Dak Prescott. I think he's a fantastic quarterback. And I think he'll have – it almost may be – and this is going to sound really crazy, so it's this is for a hot take episode or, or whatever, but – I think maybe it's addition by subtraction for this offense to have lost Amari Cooper. And that sounds like a super counterintuitive, but sometimes you just need to let your, your potential stars have a chance to break out and be stars. And I think that that's what CD lamb could be this year. And uh, the rest of the cast is very good. I love Dalton Schultz at, at tight end. Uh, So does Dak Prescott. Um, Cedric Wilson and uh, some of the other guys out there. There's a lot of speed. There's a lot of of good route running on the field there for Dallas. I think um, Cedric Wilson signed with the Dolphins, if I remember correctly. But the rest of them, you are correct because they do have a lot of weapons still. Oh, you are right about that. Thank you for that. I that was something I mentioned early in the off season too, and uh, and uh, I just totally skipped my mind. But uh, Michael Gallup, he's still there, right? Michael Gallup is still I there. I think so. Yeah. So. And Michael Gallup's another story like that, just just buried on the death chart, really. And uh, time for a breakout season. Those two guys on the outside, C.D. Lamb and, and uh, Michael Gallup, I love that combination with Schultz working the middle of the field. And then the defense has some elite talent on it as well. Micah Parsons was a viable defensive player of the year candidate, if not for T.J. Watt's insane season. And uh, they've got... Um, Lawrence uh, there as well. And they've got um, Trayvon Diggs on the back end. It's, it's a good defense. It's got a lot of good pieces to it. So 
I like them a little bit more maybe than, than you do. I like them better than Philadelphia um, and sandwiched between the Cowboys and the, and the Eagles on my contenders list. I have the 49ers. It, a lot of this depends on their quarterback situation. Uh, if Trey Lance gets to start and he it, it is given the reins of the offense and he is a serviceable quarterback, that's a good defense and a lot of weapons there too. Debo Samuel, if he returns to the team, we'll see. Uh, there's some, there's a chance they could drop down my list here, but I just like their construction. I love their coach. And uh, so after them, I've got the Eagles and then the Vikings I have in my contenders tier. Um, I might be a little higher on the Vikings than most, but I like Kirk Cousins to be a really good quarterback again this year uh, to be better than his underrated status is. And uh, Justin Jefferson, um, Adam Thielen, that, that team, I like their offense and I I'm not as big a fan on their defense, but I do like their, their new coaching hire. I think that he's going to be a, uh, a really good uh, coach there. <sighs> Remind me his name. If, if you can think of it, because I'm blanking on it right now. Um, it's Remember not O'Donnell, is it? Uh, Kevin O'Connell. It's Kevin O'Connell. That's right. One letter close. off. <laughs> Closer than me. I wasn't coming up with any, but Kevin O'Connell is, is a, a fantastic hire for them. I think he's going to bring out a lot, uh, a, a really good season out of Kirk Cousins. And then my last team in the contenders tier is the New Orleans Saints. I know you don't have them this high. I like the Saints um, to be a good team this year uh, with Jameis Winston uh, coming back healthy. Most likely he had, he started out the season really well for the Saints. Um, and that defense is still one of the best in the league. So I like them in my contenders tier as well. Uh, let's talk some saints since the Steelers do play them this year, just move on into our last couple of tiers. Yeah. With the, like, go ahead. Well, with the saints, the, there's just no planet quarterback. And I mean, you have Andy Dalton, you have Jameis Winston and you have Taysom Hill personally, mm. I would go with Taysom Hill. I know, Jimmy, you're a little bit higher on Jameis Winston than what I am. Um, and he did have a good season last year. Maybe maybe that was a nice um, stepping stone year, kind of like what uh, yeah. happened with Mitch Trubisky. Of course, Winston having a little bit a, a different situation. But my issue is that Sean Payton, the one who probably could have helped Jameis Winston the most and probably did yeah. this past year, he's not there anymore. Yeah, So I, I've got con- I've got concerns about their offensive coaching staff. They're not strong at the second level of the defense. The linebackers are not that impressive. They did bring in Taco Charlton for extra depth on the defensive line, which I like that move a lot. They have Davenport. They have um, Cam Jordan still. They have some pieces on the defensive line, but nothing super eye-popping when it comes to the linebacker position. You have Lattimore and you have other pieces in the secondary. But I'm a little bit concerned about the second level of that defense. I believe they're going to be vulnerable over the middle. And then on offense... What you know? What's going to happen with Michael Thomas? I mean, they did right. Chris Olave. They just signed Jarvis Landry, so they at least have people. But Michael Thomas, they they don't have a big bodied receiver, and Michael Thomas is that guy who can bring them that element. And right now, uh, they could really use a Michael Thomas, but I've got doubts as to whether he's going to be available. And if he is, he's probably going to be pretty rusty. Yeah, that's true. That there are some question marks. They feel confident about their situation, and. I'm a little more confident about them too. Uh, like I said, though, they're they're outside my playoff um, area in in uh, this. They miss it by one spot in this uh, rankings here. Um, so I could see them going either way based on the player, their quarterback, and how Dennis Allen works. 
there as well. So uh, Steelers play the Saints coming out of the bye week in week 10. It's a Not 1 good. p.m. game on Fox. Yes, very intriguing uh, situation. Okay, let's just run through these last few teams uh, very quickly. I've got the Cardinals and the Giants in my surprisers tier. Just real briefly about the Giants. They had a fantastic draft, in my opinion. If Daniel Jones can finally put it together, Saquon Barkley stays healthy, this team's got some upside and could surprise some some uh could surprise some teams um moving forward this year who do you got in your surprisers tier um well you already mentioned the vikings i'm not gonna go over them i just don't understand their trade trading back 20 spots in the first round and hardly getting anything in return Mm -hmm. i do like andrew booth though uh the bears like justin fields but they didn't get a big boundary weapon uh which i believe was a big mistake uh justin fields needs a bigger weapon i'm expecting cole Komet to have a bigger role um, I have the commanders in my surprisers tier, and I could Ooh. potentially see them making the playoffs because of the lack of depth in the NFC. I mean, they brought in Jahan Dotson, who I love, uh, Terry McLaurin, um, Deami Brown. They have a lot of similar style receivers. They don't have like right. this little slot guy and then the big guy, and then you have the deep threat. They're not that way at all. They have guys, all three of which can all burn you deep, and they're all guys, none of which are going to be fantastic uncontested catches. Dotson's probably the best out of the three in that situation, but they also have Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas. They've drafted Brian Robinson to pair with Antonio Gibson. They have a lot of depth on offense and we know about that defensive line with Chase Young and Montez Sweat. I'm excited to see what they can do. I'm a little bit higher on them than the Giants, not by much, only because Galladay and Tony, they've got to contribute this year if Daniel Jones is going to succeed and then the Saints were that last team in that tier. Okay, cool. Yeah. um, Yeah. we noted before we started this that we thought the uh, AFC or the NFC was a little top heavy and um, not a lot of meat in the middle. So there's there's some teams there, but my rebuilders uh, section is way bigger <laughs> uh, for the NFC side than it was for the AFC. I've got uh, five teams, nope, six teams in my rebuilders tier. Mm. I've got the Seattle. Um, I, they're close though uh, for me. We'll see what they can do, but I love, I love what they have put together as a team. Uh, but I just don't trust Jared Goff really, uh, at quarterback. And I, I don't know how that defense will be as a whole. So Falcons right after the lions there, uh, maybe this is a little bit of uh family bias for me, but my, my mom and my grand, my granddad are huge Falcons fans. And, uh, so I, kind of have an affinity for them so maybe this is my bias speaking but i i like marcus mariota there um at quarterback i i like what arthur smith uh brings as a coach and uh they've got some weapons they're not very deep so they're going to rely on health a lot but they're they're a big physical uh group of guys uh, at the skill positions and i think the offensive line will be pretty decent um defensively they've got a lot of holes so it'll be up to the offense to to win them some games but i pull some together then i have the panthers we talked about them already and then the commanders who you dove into i just don't uh have the feels for them uh as much as as maybe some do but they could move up pretty easily here too uh into the surprisers tier um if carson wentz works out and some of those weapons work out as well and then my my Last team is the Chicago Bears. I, I just saw no plan for them to help Justin Fields. Their offensive line is going to be terrible. Um, and they do not have 
many weapons and the defense is depleted too. I, I just don't see a good season for them. If I were to guess right now, I'd say that they have the number come 2023 NFL draft. So wow. who's in your rebuild? Who's in your rebuilders tier? I only have three teams. I have the lions and although they're rebuilding, they are trending up because the players have yes. bought into what Dean Campbell is selling. And I mean, really the offense Old school, if, yeah, if the with outside of Jared Goff, the offense isn't going to be that bad. They have a really good offensive line. Yes, Jamison Williams, we'll see if he can come on maybe later in the year, but mm-hmm. probably won't contribute until 2023. But still, the future is bright for him. They have DJ Shark, Amon Ross St. Brown, who was fantastic at the end of last year. There's a lot to like on the offense. The defense just lacks a lot of talent still, uh, but they're definitely trending up. I have this, I have the Seahawks here, and I've I've been down on this team for years because of all the holes they've had. Russell Wilson just covered so many of them. And even though I would think they would finish last in the division, they would still be contending for a playoff spot, which was crazy. But now they don't have Russell Wilson. (laughs) I do like Drew Locke, but uh, they are rebuilding. They have two good receivers. But even with the two rookie tackles they brought in, um, the O-line's a question mark. And the Legion of Boom has now become really... The legend of boom and the current doom. The uh, legion of gloom, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. And, the, and then I have the Falcons. Everything's a mess. No depth at receiver. High draft picks that have underperformed on the offensive line. No mm-hmm. pass rush. I do like the draft that they had, though. Ebicady, yes. uh, Anderson, Ritter, Malone, all on day three. I like all those guys. Yeah, they're, they're going to rely on their rookies a lot this year if they're going to be competitive at all. The Steelers go to Atlanta in week... 13 uh, for a 1 p.m. game on CBS as well. Uh, so, you know, I don't live too far from Atlanta either, so maybe I'll make a make two trips this year to go see the Steelers. Huh? Mm. We'll see. Um, that'd be fun. Andrew, it's, it's, it's been fun kind of ranking these teams. Before we go real quick, though, um, I just thought it would be interesting to see where we would put the Steelers in, in this group of teams here. I definitely have them as a playoff team in – the NFC, depending on the division you place them in as a potential uh, uh, division champion as well, maybe the NFC East um, could be an option. Or, you know, if the Buccaneers don't have a great season, then this, I think the Steelers, if they were in that division, could could have uh, won that one over the other teams that are in there too. So where do you, where do you think the Steelers kind of fit in um, as far as these teams go? Are they better than most or or worse than most? Well, the way mine line up, there would be a, it'd be very difficult for me to see the Steelers winning any division in the NFC. But I would have them as either the fifth or sixth team. I would probably have the the yeah. Steelers slightly above the Cardinals as the fifth team. But then you'd have the four division winners ahead being Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and the Rams. I sure. think the Steelers' best chance okay. to win a division really is in the division they're in as good as it is. I think the Steelers hope is that everybody beats up on each other and the Steelers can pull out with, you know, maybe a 10 or 11 win season um, and have a chance to win that division. Cause I think if you look at the AFC West, I think even though there's a lot of talent, I think you're going to see some team that's going to get to 12 wins. Uh, Buffalo, you got to think they're going to get to 12 wins. So the yep. it would I, the best division would be the AFC South. I think that's the weakest division in football right now. Sure. Uh, but the AFC North, if teams beat up on each other, I think the Steelers have a better chance winning the AFC North than they would in just about any other division in football. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, there is a scenario 
in my mind, I can think of for all four AFC North teams to win that division and to be um, a tough out in the playoffs. You know, that I, I could see that being a possibility. So uh, I kind of agree with you um, as far as where they fit in the NFC. I think they'd be like the first wildcard team uh, is probably my guess. Um, so we'll see how that, how that all plays out. Um, it's been a fun conversation, Andrew, did you have anything, but before we go that you're, you're looking for, uh, on the website or, or coming up? Well, for me personally, I am starting a 2023 NFL draft series. So by the time this one is aired, the quarterbacks will probably already come out. So you can go and check that out. And then this upcoming week, I'll probably move on to the running backs, but onto this conversation to finish it out for one, two takeaways, one, the saints are a team that could really use an Omar Khan with their general at the pair with their general manager. (laughs) That would, that would be the ideal fit for Omar Khan. So, you know, maybe they could find a way to lure him away. I'd be okay with that. And then number two, it would be a really cool idea. If somebody, I don't know who this person could potentially be that would be willing to power rank the entire NFL. Is there anyone that, you know, Jeremy, that might be willing to do that? Well, just so happens. I know a guy, um, and uh, he he kind of is a football fanatic, so he literally watches every game. And uh, so he's gonna he's gonna try that, and I think that should be coming out here in the next week or so. Um, and uh, this same guy has been has been writing uh, out uh, the Steelers positions, just doing a like a roster review after the draft. So go check those out as well. And uh, you can find content from myself and Andrew on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And you can always find us here on the Steelers Fix. That'll do it for us here today. Andrew, have a great rest of your week. And uh, we're recording this before the Memorial Day weekend. So have a great Memorial Day weekend as well. And uh, we'll talk with you next time here on the Steelers Fix. That'll do it. Have a good day. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.